Good evening and welcome to It's Your Voice. I'm Dr. Nuruddin. As always, we're indebted to the Divine Supreme Being for an opportunity to address you. We're praying that you're going to stay with us for the next few minutes. We're looking to quite naturally share something with you that hopefully you will take and use um, in your life as soon as you possibly can. Ideas and concepts that have been around for a very, very long time uh, that have made the difference in the life of humans throughout this globe, irrespective to where we have lived, where we've been, uh, what our ethnic, ethnic backgrounds were, what our uh, nationalities are, um, whether we're males, whether we're females, it, it, it hasn't mattered at all. These are time-tested ideas and concepts um, that we are seeking to share with you, and we're doing it from a holistic standpoint. As many of you know, maybe some of you don't, I'm a holistic doctor, a holistic practitioner, a naturopathic doctor by profession, which really means that I look at nature and use those elements in nature and share ideas and concepts with people from nature uh, to help them have a better life, a more healthier uh, existence uh, on this side of the threshold of death. And what I mean by that, for me, sunshine is a doctor, water is a doctor, fresh air is a doctor, rest and relaxation are doctors right along with vitamins and minerals and good foods. These things are doctors. And uh, administered and used properly, then they help the body keep its balance uh, as well as restore its health if it has lost its health. So it's from a holistic standpoint. We're, just, we're, not, we're looking at your mind, we're looking at your body, and we're also looking at your spirit. Uh, where we start talking to you about health. And, and today, as the last time I was here and talked with you all, or shared with you all, the last segment that I did, I was talking to you about the law of growth. I want to continue on with that subject matter here uh, this evening and uh, go a little bit deeper, particularly into the area of the mind which is so critical to us actually having the health that we all deserve, first and foremost, that we all, when we're in our right state of mind, desire. We all have a desire for this. We all have a desire for balance in our lives. We all have a desire for health and wealth and happiness uh, in our lives, when we're balanced, when we're balanced. So I pray this evening that the Creator of the heavens and earth will touch me, that I might be clear to you about this subject matter, and that it has in it something that you can use that will bring benefit into your life that if in fact it can repair it, restore it, heal it, 
or keep it in balance that the way is shown to you on how to go about using these ideas and concepts uh, that again are time tested first of all <clears throat> I'm going to talk to you I'm going to talk to you about your mind and your body uh, and I'm going to give it to you from the standpoint of a model of the mind that was originated by the late Dr. Thurman Fleet of San Antonio, Texas in 1934. Dr. Fleet was the founder of concept therapy. This idea and concept I got from my mentor, uh, Mr. Bob Proctor, who's gone on, God's mercy and peace be upon both of them. Uh, but he shared this and I found it uh, in my career to be so helpful, not only to me and my family personally, but I've got a chance to share these ideas and concepts with friends, relatives, clients of mine, every, everywhere that I've pretty much gone uh, in my life, not just here in America, but also outside of this country, whether it's been into the Caribbean or into Canada or, or into Africa or into the Middle East or wherever I've been. I've shared these ideas and concepts with people. And, and I know they work because they, they've worked for me personally. So I want to start talking to you, first of all, and I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to get a chance to finish this this evening. There's no way possible. The subject is too big. But it is worth whatever I'm going to give to you tonight in terms of the time that I have. It's, it's worth giving you that much of it and then coming back and giving you more, like what I've already given you, the piece that I gave you um, before on the law of growth. So we're still talking about the law of growth here. Um, we're just going more in-depth to the mind to the mind and the spirit of you and I as it relates to this. And again, we're looking at it from the standpoint of the concept of the model that was given to us by Dr. Thurman Fleet. Uh, here's, here's, here's something that has been told to man uh, for ages. You are constantly living simultaneously on three distinct planes of being. You're spiritual, that you should know about yourself. You're spiritual. You have an intellect. You're not an intellect. You have an intellect, and you live in a physical body. So the physical body is the house that we're living in. But you, in terms of your correct identity, are spiritual. You're the spirit in here. And you have the mind as a tool and the body as an instrument of the mind. Because that's what the body is. The body is an instrument of the mind. But the mind is a tool for us, for us to deliberate with, for us to choose with, for us to decide with, um, for us to be guided through. We're literally guided through our mind. The spirit picks up the vibration uh, that comes from the creation and as a result of that vibration being picked up by the spirit, 
the in intellect is used intelligently. And here's one of something, another one of my mentors, very, very close mentor of mine, friend and brother of mine and leader of mine, Imam Wadatuddin Muhammad, the prayers and peace be upon him. He said this. He says, the, if the spirit isn't intelligent, then it's in darkness. The spirit without intelligence is darkness. And that darkness will, in fact, um, fill the mind. And it will fill the mind. When we say darkness here, we're talking about ignorance. It'll fill the mind with ignorance and the life of the person. The life of the individual will be a life of ignorance. And we say a life of darkness, but a life of ignorance. This, that same word, which I don't want to go into getting into language here this, this evening, or grammar here this evening, that same word that's talking about darkness is also talking about ignorance. So let me repeat what I just shared with you. You're constantly living simultaneously on three distinct planes of being. You are spiritual, you have an intellect, and you live in a physical body. And mindful, I said to you, you are not an intellect, you have an intellect, and you're living in a physical body. So this first plane here, this spiritual, is non-physical. And here we're talking about thought, energy, thought, energy on this plane. That's the first plane. Second plane is intellectual. On this plane is where the ideas come from. Thoughts produce ideas. Ideas, when focused, materialize. And they manifest things. They have the ability to manifest things if the body, which is that third, the physical plane, if the body moves in the right direction or takes the right actions, then you produce things or results. Things or results are produced. So first, thought, energy, then ideas, and then things or results. And remember, the body is an instrument of the mind. It only does what the mind tells it to do. It has always been an obedient servant. <laughs> to its creator. It's never gone contrary to whatever the creator told it to do. And the creator has given some of himself to you as spirit in this physical body. And you use that intellect or your intelligence to move the body. And the body ultimately will produce results if the, move, the body is moved in the right direction. So let's talk about this model that Dr. Thurman Fleet gave to us. First of all, he said, your mind is broken up basically into two parts. He said, there's a conscious part to it. There's a subconscious part to it. And then he also gave us the body as an instrument of the mind. I'm getting better at this. I'm going to be able to draw this picture for you uh, as we move on, as I get better at using this technology and I'm and I'm coming I'm coming on I'm gonna be able to show you these things God willing um, 
on the screen while I'm talking to you, and it makes it so much more helpful to to you uh, as you're listening and paying attention to what I'm sharing with you. Well, let's talk here about the first part here that he's talking about, the conscious part of the mind. This is the part of you that thinks. This is the part of you that thinks. When we're talking about the mind, again, we're back to the intellect. This is the part of your intellect that thinks. It reasons. Your free will lies here. The conscious mind can accept or reject any idea. No person or circumstance can cause you to think about thoughts or ideas you do not choose. This is huge. This is very, very big in the life of mortals, human beings. Nobody can cause you to think thoughts and ideas that you don't choose. The thoughts you choose eventually determine the results in your life. As I was talking to you before, the seeds that the farmer chooses determine determine what the harvest is going to be. If, if, if it's apple seed, he knows he's going to have a harvest of apples if everything is good. If it's lemons, if it's pomegranates, or whatever it is, whatever the fruit may be, whatever it is, it's going to produce the light thereof. There's a vibration in the heart of that seed that causes it to be what it is. And ultimately, when it finds itself in the right matrix or the soil and the conditions are proper, then it starts to grow. Your mind is the same way with ideas. We take and plant thoughts into the intellect. Those thoughts produce ideas. And those ideas will ultimately produce results or things in our lives. It's the same law that's governing in both places. It's the same law that's governing here in the mind that's also governing in the soil. It's the same law. It's not two different laws. This is the, and it's, it's one law. And there's so many different uh, dimensions that it will take the plant through and also the idea through to manifestation and materialization. But the law itself does not change. It's only one. You can ask, ask your pastor, ask your preacher, ask your rabbi, ask your imam, ask whomever. They will pretty much all testify to the same thing because this is also scriptural knowledge. This is also revelation. It's science, but this is science that's coming out of revelation. So you see that similarity when you start considering man's mind and also when you start considering uh, the soil. And you have to understand that the farmer that's over the soil is the farmer that's over your mind. You are the farmer. <laughs> You're the farmer. <laughs> Here, 
but here you're planting ideas and he or she is there planting seeds into the soil. All pain, pleasure, and limitation is originated in the conscious mind or accepted uncritically from an outside source. Well, what does this mean? It's going to be originated by you, ideas and concepts. It's going to be originated by you in the conscious mind. Or if you are in what we refer to as a deductive state consciously, meaning that you are not in a state of choosing and deciding what you're going to let in and what you're going to keep out, then without any criticism at all on your behalf, things will come from the outside world, go through your conscious mind into the soil of your subconscious mind and there find root, find a place to grow, and it will grow. It will start to produce things and results in your life. This is the conscious part of your mind. So it has a deductive part to it, which does not choose, and it has an inductive part to it, which does choose. The inductive part says, I want to see this. I want to have this. I choose this. I accept this. The deductive part, it doesn't do any of that. It just allows what comes in through the senses. Those five basic senses, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, feeling, things will just come in through those senses or through the doors uh, to the external world without any criticism on your particular part if you are in a deductive state. You accept a thought. It is impressed upon the second part of your personality. So if you accept this, if you accept the thought at the conscious level, then it's going to be impressed on the second part of this model, which is the subconscious mind. That impression will become there. You become what you think about. So if you accept the thought, about you and you think about that thought about you all the time that thought is going to be stamped on your subconscious mind and as it is stamped on your subconscious mind it will produce things and results in your life so look at the big blessing that has been given to you and me as mortals since we can choose what we want to think, since we can choose what we want to stamp on the second part of our mind, the, the subconscious part of our mind, we can choose. We can decide that all we want is good. Let me, I think I need to digress here just a little bit and say this to all of us. This basic nature that we have as mortals, 
This basic nature only wants good. It only wants good. Its desire is for better things in the life, bigger things in the life, greater things in the life, more abundant things in the life, more opulent things in the life. Yes, it only wants the best of what the life has to offer. This is the basic natural nature that you and I were created in. We see this in the life of models of possibility that have come before us, whether they're prophets, whether they're saints, whether they're sages, or whatever they are. Goodness, for the most part, radiates from them if they're in accord with that natural nature. So, all we, so as mortals, we all have that same basic natural nature. It's not the same, it's not a different nature for Jesus to Christ, God's mercy and peace be upon him. It's not, wasn't a different nature for Abraham, God's mercy and peace be upon him. Wasn't a different nature for Muhammad, the prophet, the president, and peace be upon him. It's the same basic nature. That same basic nature that they had is the same basic nature that you have. And we know this, Muhammad, the prophet, the president, the peace be upon him, the last of the prophets, he says to mankind 1,400 years ago, I am a mortal just like you. We know Jesus the Christ, God's mercy also be on him, said to his, his followers and, and, and his companions and his, and his disciples that whatever you had in you, I got in me. Whatever I got in me, you also have in you. This is threaded throughout the scripture. So we don't have something different than what they had. We had the very, very same thing. And basically, in all of us is goodness. Basically, in all of us is goodness. Now, we can become corrupt. The world can influence us, can shroud that basic nature, can cloud that basic nature, can produce filth and cause that basic nature to express itself in a filthy way. We know this to be a reality because we can see where man is in the world today. But that's not how he started off. But you got to go back to the innocent life of the child and examine the innocent life of the child. And the story is, unfolds to us. And we can take any baby, any child from anywhere in the world, on any continent, speaking any language, and discover the very, very same thing. That that basic nature that that child has is a nature of good. And all it wants is good. It's not looking for anything other than that. It is the environmental circumstances that ultimately cause that child to be something other than what that basic nature is expressing. And here's something for us to also recognize. This is one of the things that Imam Wadisuddin Muhammad, Allah's mercy and peace be upon him, said to us, we don't have to have revelation in order to be good people. You don't have to have revelation in order for you to be a good person. And we can look at the life of prophets before they became messengers and prophets, before they were chosen to become prophets of God. They were good. They were already good. Many of them were already good. 
and even some of the figures that we find in the scripture um, that didn't have that basic nature functioning in a good way, after accepting revelation, they became good people. So it's the same thing, but the, 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 the main point that I'm seeking to get across to you here at this particular point is you don't have to have revelation in order to be a good person. The scripture tells us that Muhammad the prophet, the president of peace be upon him, was a good person before he got revelation. So now let's look at the second part. But be mindful before I leave from here of what I just told you. You become what you think about. What you think about most, that's what you're going to become. So you can decide what it is that you want to become. And through the process of repetition, which is the mother of learning, you can pretty much develop and produce the kind of lifestyle that you want for yourself. You have that. So the subconscious part of the mind. This part of you is certainly the most magnificent for it is the power center. This is what Bob Proctor says. He says this again. He says this part of you is certainly the most magnificent for it is the power center, the subconscious part of the mind. Pay attention to this. It functions in every cell of your body. This subconscious mind or this instinctive part. This is this is really the, inst uh, the huge part, the instinctive part. When we start looking at the nervous system, I'm not going to get a chance to go into that tonight. That part of your nervous system, the autonomic nervous system, is functioning here at the subconscious level. So you don't, certain things you don't have to think about. You don't have to think about your heart beating. You don't have to think about the circulation of your blood, your spleen working, your kidney working your liver working, so on and so forth with those organs in the body. It takes place instinctively and it's taking place because of the nervous system that's really functioning at the subconscious level. So this part of your mind is in every cell of the body. And listen, every cell in your body is under the influence of the spirit. All right, let me say that again. This part of your mind is in every cell of the body. And every cell of the body is under the influence of the spirit. Well, who are you? Who did I share you are with how I opened up? I shared with you, you're the spirit. So you really determine really how these cells will function. Based on, based on your thinking. You say, oh, I can't see that far. Well, hang out with me for a little while. <laughs> Stay with me for a little while. But I know some of you can already. You already know that I'm, what I'm telling you is, is, is a scientific fact. Psychologically, biologically, physiologically, chemically. <laughs> it's a fact. It functions in every cell of your body. Every thought your conscious mind chooses to accept, this part must accept. It has no ability to reject. It's like the soil. The soil can't tell the farmer, I don't want this. I don't want apples. I don't want oranges. I don't want tomatoes. 
I don't want peaches. I don't want nightshade. <laughs> it can't say that to the farmer. It accepts what the farmer desires to plant. Your subconscious mind is the same way. It cannot reject what you accept. And as it finds root or a place for growth at the subconscious level, the law, the same law that works in the soil to materialize and manifest the seed is the same law that works in the subconscious mind to manifest and materialize the idea that you accept, the thought that you accept. It cannot reject it. And because the law is working there, just like it's working in the soil, it's going to materialize and manifest things and results. This is how it works. Any thought you consciously choose to impress upon the subconscious over and over becomes fixed in this part of your personality. Any thought that you will consistently over and over and over and over think, it becomes fixed. This is what I mentioned to you earlier about repetition is the mother of learning. But here we're talking about now a habitual pattern of behavior stamping an idea, a concept, a belief about you on the subconscious part of your mind. And ultimately what we see are things and results produced in your life because of this repetitive behavior of that thought and that idea. It's not a matter of you can, you can just think at one time and something's going to happen. That's not how it works. All of us make decisions about things that we're going to do and then relinquish the pursuit of the decision. And as we relinquish the pursuit of the decision, the thing never happens. But for those of us who decide that we're going to do something, we accept the fact that we can be something, that we can have something, and we keep thinking that thought over and over and over and over again, ultimately you become that thing. You don't become a doctor because you went to class one time. You don't become a doctor because you read the book one time. That's not how it works. You read the same thing repeatedly over and over and over. And as time passed, then the characteristics of what a doctor is and how a doctor should perform how a doctor should act ultimately showed itself as results in your life. That's the process. I mean, you have to get emotionally involved 
with the idea. You have to want it bad enough that you think about it all the time. You think about it when you get up in the morning. You think about it when you go to bed at night. A person don't go to school for what one year? No, you 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 even once you get into a postgraduate situation. You know you're there. You can be there for eight years, postgraduate, four to eight years postgraduate. Examining what and thinking what, basically the same thoughts, in the same area which ultimately fixes the mind, establishes in the mind a body of knowledge that ultimately makes you who and what you are. And we can look at any profession, whether it's the lawyer, whether it's the doctor, whether it's the nurse, whether it's the engineer, whether it's the carpenter, whether it's the plumber. You go back and examine the behavior it has been repetitive behavior year after year over and over again that caused that part of the mind to become fixed. And now when we look at you and we examine your personality, we say, he's a doctor, she's a doctor, he's an engineer, she's an engineer, he's an architect, she's an architect. This is how it works. This is so wonderful. This is just, we're blessed to have this, this knowledge. Fixed ideas are more commonly referred to as habits. The subconscious mind is the godlike part of you. Referred to as the spirit. The spirit is working in there. Spirit works through your subconscious mind. Which spirit? The universal spirit. Same spirit that's working in the soil. As law, it's working right there in your subconscious mind. It knows no limits. It has no limits to it. Well, how do we know this? Look at what man is today. You all. Out into the heavens. At the bottom of the ocean. He's inclined to the tallest mountain on this globe. <laughs> We're, we're lately coming in. <laughs> we're late. When I say we're late, it's 2023. But man has been here in mortal form millions of years. Some say 200 million years. That's hard for you and my mind to fathom because we're only here for a little while. But you can look at the development of man in terms of civilization to see that he didn't just get here yesterday. <laughs> and certainly we're, we're watching rockets take off almost every day. And, and it's being predicted that they will be taken off every day, that there'll be shuttles leaving from this globe going into outer space to other planets, possibly, or whatever, as we move on into the future. Now, I don't know how many of you who are watching me and listening to me tonight will get a chance to experience that, but we certainly can see that the possibility is here. It's on its way. 
I mean, you're riding and driving and flying in some contraptions at this particular time in the history of man's evolution that 100 years ago, 110, 115 years ago, we couldn't even imagine. Well, we were just starting to imagine it. The imagination was fertile at that time, but we weren't seeing these things at that particular point. And look, you and I still have the same imagination that our forebears had 100 years ago, 120, 130 years ago. We had the same imagination. And it's being used today as they used it yesterday. This, these rockets going up now into space is just an expansion on what the Wright brothers did. That's all it is. It's just what? The imagination, <clears throat> imagination evolving with a greater expression. And I know I'm a little past the time, really, that I was going to take with you all tonight. But I'm going to spend a few more minutes with you because I want to talk to you about the body before we go into uh, the next portion of this. And God willing, we'll be able to do it next, next week. So let's look at the third part here. What Dr. Fleet gave to us. He said, you have a conscious mind, you have a subconscious mind. I just gave you both parts. And now the third part is the body, which is an instrument of the mind. Although this is the most obvious part of you, it's the smallest part. Your body. It's the smallest part. The body is the physical presentation of you. The material medium. It is merely the instrument of the mind. Or house you live in. The thoughts or images that are consciously chosen, impressed upon the subconscious, which is in every cell of your body, must move your body into action. The actions you are involved in determine your results. That's obvious for most of you. Should be by now. <laughs> That's listening to me. Unless you got some toddlers running around there in the house. <laughs> and, and once they've gotten to a certain point where they're just going to disobey the law, whatever the law is in the house, <laughs> you start sending a message to them <laughs> that your actions have consequences. And so as we grow on and evolve and mature, this becomes a reality for us with parents sharing this with children early on in life that actions have consequences so be careful about what you do you just can't act any kind of way in here that's that's most parents most parents are just not going to let their children just do anything and act any kind of way without <laughs> without you feeling the rod <laughs> they're not going to spare the rod not if you want to help the child <laughs> so there's consequences so number one, thoughts. Number two, feelings. Number three, actions. And number four, results. To change results, change thoughts, feelings, and actions. And keep it simple. Again, the body is the instrument of the mind. 
So let me check, close you out with one other statement here before I leave right now from the great Harvard professor, God's mercy and peace be upon him, uh, Dr. William James, a psychologist, and with some here in the West say the father of psychology in the West. This is something that he said, and I want to leave this with you tonight. He says, in admitting a new body of evidence, we instinctively seek to disturb as little as possible our pre-existing stock of ideas. End of quote. Let me quote it again. He says again, and I quote, in admitting a new body of evidence, we instinctively seek to disturb as little as possible our pre-existing stock of ideas. So in the subconscious mind, there is existing a stock of ideas. And basically what Dr. James is saying, when new evidence comes to you, a new body of evidence comes to you, we instinctively seek to disturb as little as possible. We don't want to change. We don't want to accept it. Consciously, we, we know it. And even, we can even feel it. But subconsciously, we don't want to change. And unfortunately, because of that, many don't. But because you are aware of this at this particular point, and you know that that stock of ideas are there, or those habits are there, because that's basically what they are. They're habits at the subconscious lab level, and most of us know habits are just not easy to change. But if you want to change, not because I want you to change, then you can change and you will change. Again, if you want to change, not because I want you to change, then you will and you can change. It's been good talking to you all. We look to go on and uh, finish this as we move on into the future, God willing. It's been a pleasure to be here with you this evening. Hopefully we have been of some benefit to you. We thank God Almighty uh, again for his inspiration and pray that we touch somebody this evening. Again, God's mercy and peace be upon you. I look forward to talking to you again the next time. You all have a healthy and pleasant evening. I'm Dr. Nuruddin. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be unto you.